The Soccer Gambling Podcast is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks and content available only to our Patreons at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. We spoke a lot last season about not taking chances. We know that we're trying to get straight. Is that just emphasising why we're trying to get Absolutely. And scoring goals. And I think we need more players who are, are capable. So it's coming. You are listening to Bet MUFC here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter at SGP Soccer. That is at SGP Soccer. You can also follow the Bet MUFC Twitter account. I will be a lot more active on that account this season. I promise you that is at Bet MUFC. That's at Bet MUFC. I actually wasn't expecting to need to be that active on it at this point because Manchester United usually don't do anything in this period and usually make all their signings right at the last minute and everybody misses the the international tour. But that hasn't happened and that's really the most refreshing thing about this transfer window, which we're going to talk about in a second because this show was supposed to be earmarked to look at some of the players coming in and then to identify further targets and some outgoings from the club. But we are simply going to talk about the new signings and the outgoings that I would like to see. But the business more or less appears to be done, which, as I said, is very, very refreshing. We are, of course, on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and you can follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter at the SGP Network. That's at the SGP Network. Also, be sure to follow my other Twitter account. It's no longer at LockBettingCom. It is at LockBettingX. So we've changed to X as Elon has changed to X. That's at LockBettingX. One of the main reasons is because that Twitter was pretty much shadow banned and there was very, very little that I could do with it moving forward. 
I want to interact with you guys a bit more. I want to do Twitter spaces. I want to set up a subscription service on there. I don't just want it to be at lockbetting.com. I want to be able to do it just simply via Twitter as well. And by having the new account, that gives me the capacity to do that. Also, as per usual, the pin tweet on that account will always be the profit and loss spreadsheet from the previous month. I'm a tracked and transparent handicapper who has delivered 121 months in a row of transparent track profit. That means for over a decade, I haven't had a single losing month in sports betting. It's all good and well shoving one spreadsheet up there as a pin tweet. But once the month is done and we replace it with a month of July, the month of June will move over to the lockbetting.com website where you can see all of the other previous spreadsheets proving the fact I am in fact tracked and transparent and I have delivered 121 months in a row of transparent track profit. And I always tell people to go over there. I encourage people, don't sign up for anything. Don't buy additional picks from me until you're 100% certain I'm legit. Go and do your research. Go and have a look at the spreadsheets. Go and have a look at the type of bets. Go and have a look at the stakes. Go and have a look at the members' comments. And then, and only then, should you get involved. Because if you're not certain, there is no reason to buy picks from anybody. There's lots of information out there for free on podcasts. There's lots of free information out there on YouTube. Nothing makes anyone better than anybody else unless they have tracked transparency. And that's what I have. I have 121 months of a record of delivering this money on a month-to-month basis. Also, let me let you know that you can support the Sports Gambling Podcast as well by heading over to their Patreon. Sports Gambling Podcast Patreon is perfect for the diehard DGEN. Sign up for the Patreon to get access to exclusive contests, including the NFL Win Totals Contest with a $1,000 first place prize, plus a monthly SGP Stories podcast, an ad-free uncensored show highlighting the best stories from decades of being DGENs. There is even a Discord channel, which is just for patrons. The Sports Gambling Podcast has all has and always will give out all of their picks for free. The Patreon is a great way to support the network and to fight back against corporate gambling. I encourage you to head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. So moving on with this edition of BetMUFC, this is a very different episode to what I had planned. I was going to identify the potential targets that we wanted to add to Anana and Mount who were signed early and then look at who we wanted to get out of the club. But I believe all of the business has been done and I'll be satisfied if all the business has been done. I'm not going to complain that we didn't get Harry Kane or that we weren't in for Kylian Mbappe or, or anything like that. I believe that he has made some solid signings in the right positions. We have sorted out our goalkeeping situation with Andre Nana, I think, being an upgrade to David De Gea, not necessarily as a shot stopper, but definitely as a modern day goalkeeper can play out from the back. I have a better understanding of why we signed Mason Mount. I explained it on the last episode. He just simply wins the ball back far, far more often than Christian Eriksen would do in the um, in, in the opponent's half. And that makes Manchester United a much bigger threat because once attacks are stopped, once they break down, we have a player who's in the top 2% of winning the ball back rather than Christian Eriksen, who is in the bottom 1%. That's a huge upgrade in order to sustain attacks. And that's what Mount brings to the table. Obviously, it brings a lot more than that. I don't think in any other area he's a significant upgrade to Christian Eriksen. But if the idea is to keep pressure on opponents and to press as high up the pitch as possible and win the ball back quickly, if we lose it, then Mason Mount is a very, very good signing and fits the way Eric Ten Hag wants to play. Up front, we now have added Rasmus Hoyland. We have decided that that 
is the right option for us rather than Harry Kane. Harry Kane, obviously the more complete striker because, and, and obviously the more, um, the more safer signing because he has scored goals year in, year out in the EPL. But Eric Ten Hag is obviously trying to lower the age of the squad. And I also think when I look more into Holland and what he brings to the table, there has to be a tactical reason for this. When I look at the signing of Unana and look at the way he plays and look at his ball distribution and the passes that he puts out, you have to think that Manchester United are going to have this plan B in order to whack this ball over the top if need be, try and get in and behind the defenders and just have a ridiculous amount of pace up front to chase the ball. Now, I don't think that either Sancho or Anthony are among the fastest players in the Premier League, although Anthony is pretty quick. But I certainly know that Rashford and Hoyland are, especially Hoyland, when you look at his pace for Atalanta, it is absolutely scary. To have that outlet, to have that ball that Onana can play over the top, and even Bruno Fernandes in the quarterback position, him dropping in and being able to play those balls through. Even Casemiro is a great passer of the ball. Man United have loaded their team full of great passers who can ping a pass like Paul Scholes over the top or, or across the pitch. This is going to be essential when it comes to getting around the back of defenders because if the ball is placed in the perfect position and we are setting up foot races between Rashford and anybody and, and Hoyland and anybody, this is going to give Manchester United a huge advantage over their opponents. We already see that Manchester City have that ball with Edison to Haaland and now Manchester United have it as well. I don't think it's an accident that we're looking for Hart for, for Hoyland and we haven't signed Harry Kane. Obviously, as I said, Harry Kane will get goals regardless. But when you're looking at this from a tactical standpoint, if you're looking to press defenders, if you're looking to counter-attack at pace, if you're looking to have this outlet through Anana, because it was so important for Ten Hag to have a ball-playing goalkeeper, the signing of Hoyland makes absolutely a ton of sense. And also, if he does hit the ground running, then we've ended up signing a 20-year-old as opposed to somebody in their 30s like Harry Kane. So it could end up being a stroke of genius. I'm very excited about the signing. It does make sense. For some people, it's too much money. But this guy is heavily, heavily hyped up. He doesn't have a goal record where you look at it and go, he's incredible, let's bring him in. But neither did Anthony. Anthony was signed for a lot of money as well. And Anthony, of course, hasn't lit up the Premier League in his first year. But I also feel that the criticism of Anthony is absolutely harsh. You cannot praise Jack Grealish and say that he was massively influential in what City did last season and then slag off the, the season that Anthony had. I thought Anthony had a fairly solid first season. I expect him to have an even better season this time round as he gets more used to the Premier League. But the thought of having um, Anthony with Hoyland and Rashford and having Sancho as someone that you can bring in and hopefully he improves from having Mason Greenwood potentially returning for United, that makes those five players, those those front five players, all very, very dangerous. Of course, we still have Anthony Martial as well, unfortunately, but he's going to be injured all season as usual and probably won't interfere and play many games. I'm, I'm not a fan of Martial. He's had some good pre-seasons and has always failed to bring it to the regular season. So I'm hoping that we can possibly get him out of the door with some other players as well. 
I think I'd like to see the back of either Fred or McTominay to make way for Amrabat. That's the last signing that we need to get over the line, and I think it is going to happen. If you look at the way Man United have uh, identified their targets and done their business so far in the summer, I have no doubt that Amrabat will come in. For those of you that remember, he was massively influential in Morocco getting to the semi-finals of the World Cup. He was in the team of the tournament, and rightfully so, and I think that would be an incredible signing for United to provide some cover for Casemiro or to cover for Casemiro, uh, cover Casemiro during his suspensions. Now, there's been some criticism of Casemiro about his performances in the preseason and his weight and things like that, but you cannot criticise somebody who's that influential for Real Madrid, had that much of a good first season for Man United and won the Champions League as much as Casemiro has. You just can't criticise that player. So, for me... Casemiro is going to be absolutely fine. He's going to be even better if he can get a rest. And Amrabat does provide that cover for Mason Mount. We have cover there with Ericsson for Bruno Fernandes. We don't need anything because this guy's just a machine who plays every single game. He's ridiculously underrated. He may not have as many assists as Kevin De Bruyne, but he is someone who's put many chances on the plate and Manchester United players haven't taken him. Hopefully, we have a solution now with Hoyland coming in. It'll be interesting to see how they handle Hoyland. Will he go straight into the first team? Will they start Rashford up front and go with uh, Sancho and Anthony to start with and integrate him in slowly, possibly via the EFL Cup and things like that. But long term, I think this is going to be a good signing and it's very clear why we've signed him. If you watch him, we're going to be a press inside. We're going to be a counter-attacking side. We're going to have that outlet over the top through Anan. And so for me, the signing makes a lot more sense. It's much like the Mount signing. Like I'm not one of these people who come on here and claim to know every single thing about every single player. I'm, I'm not like these other people on social media who have never seen these people play. I've seen Hoyland play. I've obviously seen Mount play. I have an opinion on them before we sign them. That's my job. I think I'm one of the best analysts at soccer that there is, and in addition to being one of the most winning handicappers as well. I watch soccer for fun. I will watch every single game if it's on. It's my preference to do that. It's my preference to go to games. But I'm not going to pretend that I know every single statistical fact. This show does require an element of research. Every show I do requires an element of research. Before I sit down and press the record button for a 25-minute EPL show, three or four hours of work has gone into that show. That's my job. That's what I do. I do it for every single episode so you guys don't lose any money because I take the responsibility of you guys trusting me with your income that you go and work for very, very seriously. So there is no shortcuts here. And as I said, I'm not going to claim that I knew every single thing about why we were signing Mount and why we were signing Holland. But as of research, everything, whether it be Anana replacing De Gea, whether it be Holland being our, our choice instead of Kane, whether it be um, why we're getting Amrabat, whether it be why we've ended up going for Mason Mount, every single thing now makes sense to me because I've sat down and done the work and tried to do the research here. Uh, as for players that I would like to see out, obviously I'm happy with what's coming in. As I said, I'd like to see either McTominay or Fred go. I think we need to keep one for a little bit of squad depth. I like the competition at right back with Dallow and Wambasaka. I would prefer somebody else to come in at centre back over Harry Maguire. I do think we need to take that money while we can get it because the price is just going to lower as he spends more time on the bench. And we've just had another controversial situation with Maguire with the argument with Onana. I'm actually going to play a little bit of audio from Andre Onana as he explains the situation as to what happened with Harry Maguire because I know a lot of people are interested in that and it has been a big social media story in the last 24 hours. But before I do that, let me quickly tell you guys that we're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. The NFL season is right around the corner and Underdog Fantasy Pick'em is a great way to get down on a ton of NFL player props and is, av- and is available in a ton of markets. Plus, plenty of opportunities to win in their daily MLB contests. And of course, make sure to enter Best Ball Mania 4, where first place gets $3 million. Head over to UnderdogFantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus. 
up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com and your promo code SGPN. You've had your first few games now for Manchester United. What's it like being out on the pitch wearing the club badge? Big, 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 big thing. Big honor, big uh, responsibility. I'm very happy. I'm happy for my debut. I'm happy for my games, for my minute. Especially the way we play, we control the games. Unfortunately, we didn't win the last two games, but uh, it's something we have to learn from it. From it, we have to score some goals, and I'm very confident, very positive. I know if we keep working how we are doing right now, we are we are in the right direction, and I know everything will be fine. What's it been like being inside the club and getting a sense of just how giant Manchester United are? Something amazing, something great. You know, being here for me is a big honor, like I said already. But uh, it's a long way to go. Very big, big club, great players. So. The expectation is higher, so we want to win everything and we'll fight for it, we'll do everything to to be successful, successful this year. Well, we've been enjoying our first few glimpses of you as a player and we've learned, we're starting to learn a bit about you, so we're seeing what you're like as, as a player on the pitch in terms of your positioning, you're so confident, you also demand a lot of your teammates, is that what you're like as a person? Yes, of course, I demand a lot of my teammates because also them, they demand a lot, they, they trust on me, they play a lot of ball backs to me, so... Uh, I have to give them confidence and um, I want my players also to give them to give me confidence of course I uh, demand them a lot and I would demand them a lot because they are great players now for me it's a big honor to play with these defenders with um, Martinez Arik they are doing uh, great things they are important players for the club I'm, I'm very happy to be part of this team and playing with them is something great so when I was growing up, I used to enjoy watching Peter Schmeichel berating his defenders. It didn't matter what had happened. In his mind, everything was their fault and he made sure they knew it. Is that the kind of view you have? We saw you talking to Harry quite sternly. Yes, I try to I try to demand him a lot because I know he's a good player. He's um, uh, one of the captains of the, of the team. He's big, he's good with the ball. So I would demand him a lot. And he's a good, great guy. I have a good relationship with him. So... Yeah, I have to be re- he has to be ready as spoke with him because when I'm in the goal I will demand to everyone a lot I will start by myself because I think we are, we are in this together and mistakes uh, becomes and uh, we don't have to be afraid to make mistakes because this is part of life and we learn from the mistake so we have to be very critical with ourselves and if we want to win prizes we have to be very we have to we have to demand a lot and uh, for me it's a big like I said it's a big honor to be here and I'm very happy to work with these guys Ari top guy and fantastic player so we will move on the Tour of America has now come to an end not long now until you'll get to play at Old Trafford how excited are you about that? I'm very excited I'm very excited but like I said we are the biggest club in England we are one of the biggest clubs in the world everything is about the win so we have to start to win things Price. We have to fight for everything, and we are ready. I know we, if we keep working hard, how we are doing, everything will be right. So that was Unana's comments about the situation. I have absolutely no issue with it whatsoever. In fact, that interview fills me full of confidence that he is the right type of player that Manchester United should be signing. We need leaders on the pitch. We had an issue where we didn't have any leaders. Cristiano Ronaldo was able to come in 
and just take over the team and, and dictate to people. And rather than standing up for themselves, they just went into their shells. And we had a horrible season a couple of years back. And last season looked a lot more the way as in the way it should with Eric Ten Hag installing confidence into the players the players believing in what we were doing but still in certain times we lack leaders if you look at the defeat against Man City if you look at the away defeat against Liverpool where we absolutely crumbled and let the game get out of hand and even Bruno Fernandes was criticised for his leadership on the pitch during that game because he was criticised of, of sulking and and going into his shell and being a detriment at the time uh, we do need more support around him and if Unana is more of a leader than David De Gea I know David De Gea has had a few games as captain but for me he never struck me as a player who was in charge of his box Unana is in charge and I'll and I'll reiterate it again because a lot of people are saying we may live to regret um, getting rid of De Gea for Unana of course we, we could and there will be goals that Unana lets in that David De Gea might have saved or at least supporters will try to tell you that David De Gea would have saved this and David De Gea would have saved that but David De Gea can't do what Unana does David De Gea can't come 40 yards up the pitch and deliver a pass and he can't give you an extra player Unana's like having a 12th man on there which is what he provides you with. And yes, there will be a situation, I am guarantee you this season, where Unana's caught out 30, 40 yards out of his goal and we score a goal and he's ridiculed and it turns into a TikTok. That's 100% going to happen, especially in his first season. But long term, much like Rasmus Hoyland, I do support the signing and I think he's going to be a good signing. I have absolutely no issue with him screaming at Harry Maguire. And I've heard some people, namely Rory Jennings. Now, Rory Jennings, if you Google him, He's a moron and he's most famous for the quote saying that Haaland being favourite in a top goalscorer market was an insult to the regulars like Son and Salah and that it would be a huge achievement if he scored 15 goals last season and that he predicted that he wouldn't and that he would struggle. Well, Haaland make him, made him look like the idiot that he is and his latest stupid take. And by the way, this guy works on a major radio station. Off the back of that Haaland comment, he actually ended up getting a job because all people care about now is clicks. Even if you have morons getting opinions, you want to get that engagement. So moronic people are getting jobs. Which is, which is insane to me, but that's the world in 2023. His latest take was that Unana knew about the fact that Manchester United supporters were not fans of Harry Maguire and he deliberately targeted him to win over the fan base. How utterly ridiculous is that take that Unana, who was signed for over £40 million, decided that in order to win over the supporters who were all delighted to have him, it was the goalkeeper that we wanted, needed to shout at Harry Maguire to win the fans over rather than making um, good saves and playing good passes and having good performances. He thought the best way to win over the fan base would be to shout at a player that he apparently researched that we didn't like. That again is another moronic take by Rory Jennings. It's moronic by everybody who's piggybacked off the back of it. And uh, I don't buy into that one at all. If he shouted at Harry Maguire, it's just going to be a taste of things to come. He's going to be shouting at Martinez. He's going to be shouting at Varane. And all three of those players are leaders. Casemiro is a leader. Bruno Fernandes is a leader. Even Marcus Rashford will turn into a leader now when now that he has this new contract. There have been some concerns about his performances in the preseason, but people are always very, very quick to criticise Marcus Rashford. I've previously also criticised Marcus Rashford, but that was off the back of Marcus Rashford having one of the worst seasons possible when the in the season we signed Ronaldo it just seemed to affect worse have the worst effect on Marcus Rashford who never played so badly I don't see 
pre-season as being a reason to jump to that conclusion already. Obviously, Rashford does need to play better, but the season hasn't started yet. We have two more friendlies left. One's at Old Trafford on Saturday against Lons. I will be going to that game. But um, there will be no more episodes of Betting You've Seen Out until the season preview, which I'll be dropping on either the 9th or 10th of August. We start the season late. We play on the Monday, so it gives me a little bit of time to look at the other teams over that weekend and then drop that episode. And that's going to be your season preview. I won't be dropping another episode looking at the potential signings because I've spoke about them all. I think the business has done. Uh, the outgoings are very, very clear. I would like to see Anthony Martial gone, one of Fred and McTominay. I would like to see Harry Maguire go and that's pretty much it I'm happy with the fullback cover Malassia versus Shaw Wan-Bissaka versus Diego Dallo I'm happy with the um, with the goalkeeper situation if we keep Henderson as competition if we don't we then go back to Tom Heaton and we may need to sign a, another goalkeeper. I'm not sure if that's a priority though. At the back, Varane and Martinez, for me, that's the best centre-back pairing in the Premier League. That's better than anything that City or Arsenal have and the cover for them is Victor Lindelof and Harry Maguire. That's when things weaken significantly. Ideally, I would like to see another centre-back come in. I would even prefer to keep Eric Bailly over keeping Harry Maguire. In the midfield, we've spoke about that extensively. And we've spoken about the, the front five as well. Don't want to see Martial there. Want to see Mason Greenwood coming back. I think Fernandez, Eriksen, Mount, Casemiro and Amrabat with either Fred or McTominay is a solid midfield. And uh, I would even like to see Hannibal maybe get some game time in the EFL Cup as well. So overall, I'm a happy Manchester United fan at this point. Hopefully nothing changes in the next 11 days between now and the season preview. Hopefully there's no injuries. Hopefully we do get Amrabat over the line. Hopefully we can get some of these excess players out of the club. But at the moment, as I said, I am happy and I'm looking forward to the new season. There hasn't been any sort of line movement in the futures market when it comes to Manchester United off the back of these signings. So while the bookies are obviously firm believers that Arsenal are going to have a very, very good season and are going to challenge, they've actually jumped from seven to one to nine to two in the market. There hasn't been any movement for Manchester United and Liverpool. In fact, I think Manchester United have gone backwards. They were at around about nine to one, ten to one, and in most places they're now ten to one to eleven to one. So perhaps that's down to the strengthening of Arsenal. The bookies have made the assumption that Arsenal have had a very, very good window that's automatically going to make them even stronger challenges for the title. I'm not too sure about that. Manchester United are at four to six to finish in the top four. There's been no change there. I think the unanimously predicted top four this season is going to be the three from last year, Man United, Arsenal and um, Manchester City, of course, with Liverpool expected to get back in above Newcastle. Uh, and then, of course, you have Chelsea, who are very, very unpredictable. Nobody knows what to expect from Chelsea. Hopefully, we'll have more of an idea before we do our season previews but all of that is coming up the better mufc season preview the epl season previews a two-parter the fantasy premier league preview we're going to be looking at the fantasy premier league prices for this season serie r the liga and bundesliga as well there'll be previews for all of that and the only way to make sure you never miss an episode is to make sure you are subscribed to the soccer gambling podcast podcast feed until then that's it for me guys good luck with all of your bets as always and thanks for listening